So devil, we take authority over you. And we tell you to take your hands off the political arena, the social arena, the economic arena. And Father, we loose the power of God and the will of God into the political, the social, and the economic arena in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray that all unrighteousness, all laws of unrighteousness shall be overturned. And that righteous laws will be upheld. Father, we believe that we are in the time of the latter rain. So we ask for rain in the time of the latter rain. Say it with me. We declare as a church that revival is moving in our nation. And that the outpouring of the Spirit is raining upon our nation. We pray that the word of the Lord would continue to have free course in our country. And we pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers into his harvest. We hold up David Horton. We hold up Cherie and their entire family. We pray the comfort of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God be with them and upon them in this time of trouble. We pray now in the name of Jesus and we offer our supply. Go ahead and just pray for just a moment. Father, we offer our supply of the Spirit. We thank you, Father, for it. We give you the glory now. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Now this morning I'm going to bring a word by the grace of God. And it's called how to be safe in an unsafe world. From the book of Psalms in verse 4, chapter 4, verse 8. He said, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for you only make me to dwell in safety. One translation says that you keep me perfectly safe. Him alone can keep our lives perfectly safe. You know, Moses is the one that penned the 91st Psalm. And I believe that the 91st Psalm is a psalm of safety. So I want to look at it today and I want to throw several keys at you concerning how that you can be safe in an unsafe world. Pastor Tom, it's okay. Verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, notice with me, he that dwelleth he that lodgeth, he that does not just occasionally drop by, but God is looking for men and women that will dwell in His presence. It is the shadow of the Almighty, or it is the defense of El Shaddai, the Almighty God, who is more than enough to cover your case, who is more than enough to see to it that you are the safest of the safe in this day and in this hour in which we live. We live 
in a time that the Bible says is troubled and is perilous. One translation says it is savage. You don't have to look very far or listen too hard to see or to hear all of the things that are going on in this world. But the Lord is saying to us today, there is a place of safety and that place of safety is in my presence. That place of safety is in the secret place. Now in John 15, 4, Jesus said this. He said, if you will dwell in me, I will dwell in you. If you will live in me, I will live in you. God is looking for people that will get serious about being in His presence. He is not looking just for people that will occasionally come to church. People that will occasionally read their Bible. Oh sure, He loves everybody. But if you really want to be positioned for safety in an unsafe world, there must be a consistency about your walk with God. There must be a consistency of being in the Word. There must be a consistency, if you will, and a seriousness about spiritual things. Because quite frankly, our answer is not found in the natural realm. Our answers are found in the spiritual realm. And God has given a divine invitation for you into a glorious, glorious visitation and presence from Him. So I'm encouraging you today that if you want to be the safest of the safe, come on up now and head in to the secret place. Notice with me in verse 2 of Psalm 91. I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge. You're my fortress. You're my God. On you I lean and I confidently trust. You know, there's authority in faith-filled words. There must be a release of faith on the part of the born-again believer to be positioned to be under that refuge and under that shelter. The Bible calls it the spirit of faith. Notice with me, I will say. He didn't say, I will think. He said, I will say of the Lord. Listen, faith is released by what you believe and by what you say. So if you want to be the safest of the safe, start saying what God says. Say what your father has said. And your father has said that no evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. Your father has proclaimed some things about you. So what we need to do is proclaim some things about ourselves. It is our responsibility. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. This is no time for you to be taking a nap. I will say of the Lord. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to be cocky. I'm not trying to be arrogant. But these are life-changing, life-saving truths. That if you will act upon them, you will live, hallelujah, in a safe place in Him. So I will say of the Lord. I will declare what He said. Now, Pastor Mark, how can I know that that's true? Because God's not a liar. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and shall he not do it? 
Has he spoken and shall he not make it good? I'm telling you, my father's a good God who backs his good word up with good actions. Amen. And what he's looking for in the earth today is men and women that will not play church. Men and women that will not get involved in religious reasoning and resist the power of God. But men and women that will stand upon their covenant and say what he said. And as a result, he will watch over his word to perform it on your behalf. Where the word of a king is, there's power. And I'm looking at a congregation of kings. We're all children of the king of kings and lord of lords. Now I want you to notice the progression in this psalm. The first key is be a dweller. The second key is be a sayer. Notice what will happen as a result of us being in position for safety. Verse 3. In the Amplified it says, For then he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. I wonder, is there anybody in this place today that can testify that the snare of the fowler has not been able to take you down? Can anyone testify that the enemy set up a trap? But you know what? That trap, glory to God, was designed for him. He tried to hang your neck, but he ended up hanging himself. He tried to bring you down because he's the most down. But he can't bring the most highest kids down because we've been raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places. Now notice in verse 4, Then he will cover you with his pinions. And under his wings we will trust. And we're going to find some refuge. His truth and his faithfulness are a shield and a buckler to me. Now I want you to notice that phrase, under his wings. There's a lot in the Old Testament about how that God hovered over the children of Israel as a bird hovers over its nest. He said, I will hover you over you, O Jerusalem, and I will defend and I will save you, and I will pass over you, and I will rescue you. I want you to see in the realm of the Spirit this morning that over you there is hovering the mighty presence of God. That over this nation and over our life that God hovers over us. We could say it that God's got our back. Amen. But not only does He have our back, He has our front. He has us from A to Z. He has us from everywhere around. God is on our side. Amen. And then... You know, Jesus prayed in Matthew 23 and verse 37. And this was something that he was quite grieved about. He said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you that kill the prophets and you stone them, which are sent unto you. He said, How often I would have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, and you would not. Again, we see this, that... He desired to place them under his wings, but they were resistant to his protection. They didn't go God's way. They went their own way. And you know, there's a lot of people today. I'm talking about millions and millions of Christians who are not in that secret place. And God is saying to those that are outside of His presence, those that are kind of plain in the Word and plain 
in the church and playing in the world at the same time. God is saying to you, come on now, son. Come on now, daughter. Get back under me. Get back under me. I will protect you. I will be a father unto you. How often has God called for you? How often has God called for this nation? I believe that the response of born-again believers should be, I'm going to run to God. I'm not going to play games anymore. But Jesus is my Lord. And I found a scripture in the Word of God that says, The name of the Lord is our strong tower. And what do the righteous do? The righteous run into that name. And as a result, they are the safest of the safe. I believe that when we call upon the name of the Lord for salvation, we are delivered from the power of darkness. We are translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. But I furthermore believe that when Jesus really comes into a person's life, it ought to make a difference in the way they think. It ought to make a difference in the way they walk. It ought to make a difference in the way that they talk. Listen, friends, there are by the millions and millions of Christians that are just literally playing church. They're lukewarm. They're not on fire for God. Let it not be said of this preacher, nor of any preacher that stands in this pulpit, that he or she did not warn the people. Because I'll tell you, the enemy is a destroyer. He is a defeated foe, but he is a destroyer. And he comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The Bible said he walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But you that live under the secret place of the Most High, you that have sold your life out to God, you that have committed your life to discipleship, he may not devour you. He may not, glory to God, prevail over you. Why is that? Because you've got a protection over you. You've got the blood of Jesus covering over you. And the name of Jesus giving you prevailing power. I wouldn't be a good preacher if I sat up here and told you a bunch of fairy tales. And told you, oh, it's all right. You can live together. You know, everything is okay. You don't have to be married Oh, it's fine. You can have a little pornography now and then. Folks, that stuff will damn you to hell. That stuff will take you out of this world and you'll end up in a place you don't want to end up in. I'm telling you, there's mercy, there's repentance. But if you're outside of the secret place of the Most High God, I tell you, run to the tower! Run on into the tower. Run into that place of grace. Run into that place that the enemy has no access to. It is the secret place of the Most High. Somebody says, you're preaching hard today. Just hold on a minute. Glory to God. Amen. I have your best interests at heart. God has your best interests at heart. This is not a day to be lukewarm. This is a day to be on fire. Glory to God. All in. Amen. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. He can't find those that are in the secret place of the Most High. So here's the picture. He hovers over us and He covers us. i got a question for you. Can God and will God cover a person? 
Can He cover a church? Can He cover a family? Can He cover a home? Can He cover a nation? Absolutely. The answer is yes, 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 and amen. You understand this. That it's because of His covering that there still is a USA. Without Him, we could not make it through the night. You understand that, don't you? Other nations have existed longer than the United States, and you can't even find some of them today. We need God's covering. And we need the salt of the earth. And we need the light of the world to stand up as a body and declare faith-filled words over our nation. And then what about our individual lives? For us individually, you know, there is safety. But some people, because of pride and arrogance, they'll say things like, well, I've got an alarm system, brother. I've got 15 insurance policies. I've got, you know, I've got the safest car money can buy. That's all a bunch of false security. Now you're looking at a pastor that uses wisdom. I have dental insurance. Thank God for dental insurance. When I came into the family of God off of drugs, I had about 100 cavities in my head. That's an exaggeration. I've got dental insurance. I've got health insurance. And I've got life insurance. But most importantly, I've got blessed assurance. You see, our trust cannot be in the things which we possess or in the insurance policies that we have. Our trust is not in man. Our trust must be in Him. And so anything that has a sense of false security about it, we need to get rid of. Because quite frankly, our hope is in Him. The hope of this nation is in Him. In verse 5 from the Amplified in Psalms 91, He says, And you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow, the evil plots and slanders of the wicked that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction and sudden death that surprises and lays waste at noonday. Notice with me, here's another key to being the safest of the safe, and that is put fear on the run. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Now, in this season of 9-11, there's been a lot of uh, so-called terrorist attacks or terrorist uh, uh, threats, you know, from Al-Qaeda and different places. But a person and a nation that does not operate in fear is not moved by that. And in your daily life, the enemy is a terrorist. He comes with his threats, does he not? He comes with his, his thoughts and his threats. But the Bible says that God didn't give us a spirit of fear. But He gave us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. Now think about this just a moment with me. Let's track this through. There is a place called secret. It is a place that we are to dwell in. And when we dwell in that place, there comes a submission to Him who is the God of heaven and earth. So it's not just dwelling in His place for protection, but it is also coming into His presence and coming into His place and coming into submission to His will and to His plan for our lives. Can I get a witness? 
Now, listen to what the scripture says. If we submit ourselves to God, amen, we then have authority to resist the devil. And when we resist the devil from that place of submission in the secret place, here's what the devil will do. He will flee from us. Now, the dictionary says that the word flee in Noah Webster's original dictionary says he will run from us as in terror. Think about it. The enemy is bringing all this terror and all these thoughts of destruction to the souls and to the minds of born-again, spirit-filled Christians. You know why? Because he is literally shaking in his boots. Because once you find out and once you go into that place in God and you're in his secret place and you're submitted to him, you can rise up in the name of Jesus. You can resist him. And the Bible says he'll run from you as in terror. I submit to you today, we need to turn the tables on that terrorist and we need to do some terrorizing of him by submitting and resisting and letting that fool just run his stinking head off. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Now notice with me in verse 7. Here's the result then. That's another key. Submit yourself to God and you'll be the safest of the safe. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. But what is our answer to that? But it shall not come near me. Say that again. It shall not come glory. It'll not come near me. You know, we went and toured Israel years ago and we went into some real dangerous parts. And Billy Brim was our guide there. And every morning we'd sit on that tour bus and we would recite and we would pray and we would say the 91st Psalm. We went into places that you had to have a guard with you with a machine gun on the bus because you were going through various things in various places. But I'm thankful. Thank God no harm came near us. And you know, if that'll happen in Israel, that'll happen in Oakland. If that'll happen in Israel, it'll happen in Hayward. What if every morning you and your babies got up and proclaimed the 91st Psalm? What if every day you rose up in the morning and proclaimed, Thank God I'm a dweller in the secret place of the Most High. And you just went right on through that psalm. I declare to you that the devil would run from you as in terror. Amen? Amen. It'll not come near you. Verse 8, only a spectator shall we be. Ourselves inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High. As we witness the reward of the wicked. Now notice in verse 9. Because you have made the Lord your refuge by submitting, by dwelling, by saying, and the Most High, your dwelling place, there shall no evil befall you, nor shall any plague or calamity come near your tent, or your apartment, or your car, or your home, or your loved ones. I like it, don't you? One translation says, no accident shall overtake you. I can think about numbers of times that the Lord has spared me from a bad accident. 
I'm so grateful for it. How about you? How many of you can testify that one day you almost made a wrong turn? You almost ran into that person. That person almost ran into you, but some unseen force. You don't know how. You don't know where. But you know that God was upon it and He protected you. I'm telling you, if we turn this microphone over to a testimony service, this building would not be big enough to hold all the joy. This building would shake at the presence and the power of God. Why? Because God has done some great things. I said, God has done some great things. And you know what? He saves the best for the last. He's not done doing good things for you. Amen. So no evil will befall those who submit, who say, who dwell. Why now? Listen to this. For He will give His angels a special charge over you. To accompany and defend and preserve you in all of your ways of obedience and service. Now I'm going to throw another key at you real quick. Psalm 34 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around about those that what? Those that fear Him, reverence Him, and honor Him. Honoring Him and reverencing Him by walking in obedience and in ways of service positions you to be uh, surrounded and encamped about protecting, protecting angels. I want angels all around me. How about you? My angel's right over here somewhere. You know, if our eyes would be open right now in the realm of the Spirit, we wouldn't see demons and devils and evil spirits. We'd see heavenly hosts. We'd see a room full of angels. And some of those angels have been sitting around your home waiting for you to give them something to do. The Bible says they are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who are heirs of salvation. I'm telling you, saints, I'm an heir of salvation. And the angels of the Lord encamp around about those that reverence Him. And the angels go into motion when we speak the Word of God. The Scripture says they hearken to the voice of His covenant. Amen. Are you getting this today? So He's given His angels special charge over special people. In verse 13, He says, And you will tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent, you will trample underfoot. Verse 14, because you have set your love upon me, because you have taken the time to be a doer of the word of God, therefore I will deliver you. I'll set you on high because you have known my name. And when you call on me, If I'm not too busy, I might just answer you if I'm in a good mood. No, you got God's phone number. You know what his phone number is, don't you? It's Jeremiah 33, verse 3. And what does that say? He says, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. Listen, folks, call upon the Lord in your day of trouble. Sometimes we call on everything else and everyone else except him who has the answer. Sometimes we call on the doctors and we call on the financiers and we call on this and we call on that. Nothing wrong with doing those things, but we ought to put the Lord first. He said, if you call upon me, I'll be with you in trouble. 
I will answer you and I will bring deliverance to your house. You know something? That's good news. All really, saints, God is asking of his people to do is ask him. To call upon him. Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, that I will give it to you. Verse 15, he'll call upon me. I'll answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Did you wear your shouting clothes today? Verse 16. Are you ready to shout? Verse 16. With short life. I like what Gloria Copeland says. We should be living long and living strong. Just raise your hands up and start thanking him for long life. Thank you, Lord, for long life. Now lift your other hand up and thank him for strength while you're living. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I'm living long and I'm living strong. Say it again. I'm living long and I am living strong. He says with long life, not with a wrong life. No, with long life, long life and, and good days, good days while you're living long, not down days. You know, not depressed days. Not those days where you can hardly get out of bed because you're so down. No, but with long life. A satisfied life. A full life. A life full of light. A life full of joy. You know, a life where you're just content. You're not bummed out about what you don't have, but you're so ever thankful about what you do have. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You woke me up this morning. Hey, thank you, Lord. It wasn't the alarm clock that woke me up. You woke me up. Thank you, Lord. Now you, you, you put me on my way. Glory to God. You put coffee in my pot. Hallelujah. You put water in my faucet. Hallelujah. You put paste in my teeth. Hallelujah. You gave me some hairspray. Look at me now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for that toast. Thank you, Lord, for that power bar. Thank you, Lord, for the automobile so I could get to church. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I'm a citizen not only of the USA, but I'm a citizen of heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, you've given your angels charge over me and they keep me in all my ways. Thank you, Lord, I'm the head, not the tail. Thank you, Lord, I'm above and not beneath. Come on, somebody. How would you like to increase your capacity to receive? Then develop and cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. I'm telling you, when you're dwelling in the secret place and you're a real doer of the Word of God and you're submitted to His Word and to His plan, you're also going to be thankful and content. Well, I'll be happy when. No, be happy today. Well, nothing looks good. Look at, find something that looks good. My arm ain't working. Yeah, but your toes are. Hallelujah. My back aches, but my knee's fine. Woo! Glory to God. And it won't be long before my back ache gone too. Amen. 
Now listen, I know this to be true. What we are not thankful for, we are in danger of losing. I'm going to say it again now. What, what we're not thankful for, we are absolutely in danger of losing. That's why I thank God for every person that comes through these doors. No whining, no complaining. That's why I'm thanking God. I'm thanking God every day for every one of His benefits. And I believe that as we do thank Him for seemingly what might be little in the eyes of the world, the one who multiplies the seed sown, the one who turned the fish into fishes and turned the loaf into loaves will multiply and bring increase into our lives. Folks, we got something to be thankful for. With long life, he said, I'm going to satisfy him. A long, thankful life. And it is a result then of us being a doer of the word. Now listen, I'm not going to preach long today, but these next few moments are very important. I want you to get it. The way that we set our love upon him is not by lip service. We can sit here all day and tell the Lord how much we love him and love him. But if we don't do what he said, we've proved that we really don't. You know, Jesus said, he that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And if you really, really love me and do what I say, I'm going to manifest myself unto you. I'm going to make myself real unto you. And so I want us to look at a couple of scriptures in the book of Psalms. And I want, us to, I want to show you something in connection then with dwelling in the secret place. Say it with me. I'm dwelling, I'm dwelling. In, the in the secret place. Now, this secret place is not just a place of protection, but it's also a place of direction. Yes. Say this with me. The secret place, the secret place. is not just, place not just a place of protection, of protection. and submission. But it is also a place of direction. Do you suppose if the Lord directed your way every day that you would be the safest of the safe? Do you understand and know that He sees everything? I mean, if He declares the end from the beginning, He can certainly see the end between. <laughs> he can see those little danger spots in our lives. Now notice this, and this of course is speaking to his children, the children of Israel. It says in Psalm 78, you don't need to turn there, verse 52 and 53, it says this. But he made his own people to go forth like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. What I want you to see is this. If he guided them under the old, how much more will he guide us under the new? but will not pick up those cues from him lollygagging about. Will not pick up direction from him by being in and out and wishy-washy. Now notice with me in verse 53, he led them forth because he guided them. And it says, and he led them on safely. Everyone say safely. So that they feared not, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies. That sounds to me like a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. But guess what? It's not coming near me. Now, why is that? 
because I've got a guide on the inside. And he sees the trouble down the road and he gives the ability for you and I to either go through the trouble victoriously or to go around the trouble. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, coupled with this scripture is Proverbs one thirty three. It says, Whoso hearkeneth unto me. The secret place is a place where we hearken to him. We hear from him. The word hearken there means to hear with an intention to do. Whoso hearkens unto me shall dwell safely. And he shall be quiet from the fear of evil. When we follow our shepherd, he's going to lead us in paths of righteousness. He's going to lead us by the still waters. His restoration power is there for you and for me. Now, the New Living Translation says this, But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by the fear of harm. And I love the message. It says, first pay attention to me and then relax. The secret place is a place of rest. First pay attention to me. That's our part. Then relax. Now you can take it easy. You're in good hands. You're in good hands. Remember that old ad? You're in good hands with Allstate? Well, you're in hands with the all-sufficient one. You're in hands with Almighty God. Amen. And then turn with me to Psalm 119, verse 116. Psalm 119, verse 116. Here's a prayer that we want to pray together corporately as we close here in a moment. The psalmist prayed it. If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. If you want to be the safest of the safe, Pray this prayer regularly for yourself and for your loved ones. Psalm 119 verse 116 says, Uphold me, Lord, according to your word, that I may live. Pray this right now. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would uphold me. For you uphold all things by the word of your power. Hold me up and I shall be safe. For I will respect your word and your statutes continuously. Now raise both hands and thank him for his upholding power. Glory to God. Father, thank you for upholding your people. We loose the angels all around them in the name of Jesus. And then lastly... I want to share with you something that I saw yesterday, really for the first time, and that is very appropriate for you as a church person to live in safety. How many of you know that Heart of the Bay Christian Center is a safe place? This is a safe place. This this is not a place where you're going to be beat up. This is not a place where you're going to be ripped off. This is a safe place. Now, I think in the world they have safe houses. Well, a safe house is for battered people, right? A safe house is for battered women, right? Because there's so much abuse going on out there in that person's life that they have to remove them from that element into a safe house. 
Now, in the world, we got all sorts of trouble, right? In the world, there's all sorts of abuse. And we do the best we can to stand on the Word, don't we? We do the best we can to be of good cheer because He's overcome the world. But how many of you know every Christian needs a place of refuge? And I'm talking about not only in His presence, I'm talking about the local church. I'm talking about in the place where God has called you to be a member or a partner. That is a place of safety. Now listen to this. In Proverbs, and uh, I lost my note there. I've got to find it. In Proverbs chapter 24, verse 6, it says, For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war. <laughs> Life sometimes seems like a war. And in the multitude of counselors, there's what? And then Proverbs 11, 14 says, Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, what is there? There is safety. Now, I know that one side of this verse means this. I know that if a person's going to start a business or they've got something in their heart that they really feel like that they should be doing, it's wise to get wise counsel from elders. It's wise to go to people that are spiritually mature and uh, bounce things off of people. In that sense, there's safety in a multitude of counselors. Amen? But I saw it this way yesterday, and it's just branded in my spirit. And I'll say it like I got it. To be in a good, safe church is the will of God for all of His people. Now listen. Where His counsel is abundant among his leaders in that safe place. And then I saw it. I'm like the chief elder here, my wife and I, under the chief shepherd. And I believe right now that you're getting wise counsel. I mean, I really do. I believe that the, that the word of God is full of wisdom and that we're full of wisdom and that week in and week out as we preach and whoever else preaches the word of God, in this place, I believe the wisdom of God and the counsel of God is going forth. Amen. Yes, yes, and so they're in their safety. Yeah. But this church is not about Pastor Mark or Pastor Brenda or Pastor Tom or Kimberly. This church is about several people who have submitted themselves under my leadership and I have in turn given them leadership responsibilities. Yeah. So on this second row are some of my leaders here. These are wise people. And they are overcoupled together. And so as your marriage needs a checkup from the neck up, or if you're having married problems and married troubles, there's wise counsel available in that class. But they're not the only ones. There's a multitude of wise counselors in this place. There's our coupled together team. There's our emerge team. There's our youth team. There's all these teams. Second wind. Thank you. Where people aren't giving up on life. But they're submitting themselves to a safe place of church membership. 
And in the house of God, there's a multitude of wisdom and leaders and counselors that are pouring into your life. Now listen, saints, get it. You've got to go out of your way not to have your need met in this church. You've got to go out of your way. No, we're not like a, a mega church that would be like a mega mall that has this for everything and, you know, tons and tons of courses and tons of classes. But I will not apologize to anyone. We do have a lot available. And there's a... Divorce recovery sitting on the front row. Other leaders. And so it is a wise person that will submit themselves to a multitude of counselors to where you can grow and you can develop. If you want to be safe in this day, in this hour, where it's so unsafe, stop bellyaching about your church. Stop whining and complaining about what we don't have and start thanking and praising on what we do have. Come on now, saints. You're in a good place. You're in a sanctified, safe house. And we're not God, but we know God. And the wisdom of God is flowing through a group of people in this church that can take you and point you to the answer that is found in the uncompromised word of the living God. So say it with me, I desire to be the safest of the safe. Stand up with me right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lift up both hands toward heaven. And just pray this out of your heart. Say it with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word that I have heard today. And I submit myself into the secret place of the Most High. I will be a dweller, not an occasional drop buyer. I draw nigh to you this day. And I know that you come close to me. I make some declarations today. I say of the Lord, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. You're my God. And I trust you today. And I proclaim that no evil befalls me. You've given your angels charge over me. I choose daily to set my affection and my life upon you and the things of God. I am, by my choice, every day. I'm a doer. I am a doer. I am a doer of the Word of God. And I declare this morning... That with long life, I shall be satisfied. With a long thankful life. With a long joyful life. 
with a life full of the Spirit, with a life full of cheer, with a life full of light, my pathway is getting brighter and brighter every day. I submit myself to a place of safety in the local church. And I submit myself to the wide variety of counsel from the Word that is available to me. Now let's raise both hands and just thank Him for it. Glory to God. We worship You, Father. We thank You, Father, for it. We give You the glory. We give You the honor. We give You the praise in the mighty name above every name. And everyone shouted, Amen.